TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and it always gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch. He is my brother from another mother. He's been picking his nose all day and he's interrupted that to join us. Thanks for joining us, Damien Christoph. How are you, great man? Pierce, so great to be with you again on this uh Amazing podcast that reaches billions of people around the globe. I love it. Well, you won't know. You, you may not know that when you're in Thailand, there'll be people listening to us from 154 countries. I think we're in, and uh, you'll be sunning yourself in Thailand, not doing. Uh, hopefully, or well, you might be doing some podcast listening, but maybe you might just be having a bit of quality time with Amber and the Nitro Crew with LTLT, and um, <laughs> how good's that? We'll just carry yeah, on. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, just uh, getting getting down to a little bit of um, R&R, but I haven't got a whole lot of R&R, just heading off to Thailand for this night show event with LT, and uh, Amber's going to join me for a couple of days before then I've got to fly back. I'm speaking uh, in Melbourne uh, next, I won't date stamp this, I'm speaking in Melbourne. And, Give yourself um, a plug, who for, who with, what for, what about? Well, it's for Ace Radio broadcasters. So Ace Radio, they um, they own all of the AM radio stations around Australia, except for obviously what the ABC own. Yep. Um, nice. So, you know, stations like 3AW and all that sort of stuff, they own all of that. And they've asked me to go and speak on the power of food, which is cool, um, at the Murdoch Children's Institute at the Royal Children's Hospital. And, nice. uh, and so they'll be there. Yeah, so I'll be speaking about the power of food out the front of McDonald's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how's that, one, that right? going so, to go? Is that um, how does that go for you? Is that is that concerning, exciting, nerve wracking? Ah, uh, great. You know, like you, I'm basically going to. I'll be talking about concepts in around food, living food, food with energy versus fuel. Um, I'll be talking about, you know, food that gives you health versus foods that take away your health. And, um, and look, at the end of the day, you know, it's not I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not blowing, I'm not telling people to not eat McDonald's, but I'm, I'm certainly suggesting to them that they, you know, consider what it is they put in their mouth. Um, and so, you know, look, many years ago, I would have said, don't eat McDonald's, it'll kill you. Oh. Don't drink Coca Cola um, because, you know, it's the Black Death. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going. I used to say that sort of stuff, but these days I look at people aging well, and I go, well, you know what? They probably have a bit of Maccas, and they probably drink a bit of Coca Cola, all that sort of stuff. If, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But you know, Thanks. I want people to kind of know that they can live a healthy life with heaps of energy and vibrancy, and uh, and that probably doesn't include much of either of those two. Stuffs. I love I love that you're that you're raising this. Um, I've got a couple of things to. I'm, I'm gonna share you a little story whilst you do something for okay. me. Can you just check that you're not downloading something or have anything buffering on your computer uh, whilst I tell you this story? Um, yeah, sure. I was at a parent teacher uh, like or or a parent info night for. Uh, Mayer's class, so class three, um, just the other week. And so our kids go to a Steiner school and I like to, you know, have a lighthearted laugh about things that there's a bit of terminology or that's very Steiner and that's not very Steiner. And there's a bit of a view 
in the Steiner world that, yes, you know, you would never, ever, ever, you know, um, take your, take your children to McDonald's. And I, and I might be that, that might not actually be a Steiner thing. That might just be a bar and bay where we live thing. So I, I don't want to stereotype too much, but, um, one of the guest presenters, um, who's been, you know, working with children at all schools for many years, was sharing an experience of her own child who saw um, it might have been either people eating McDonald's or overweight people eating something. And the children was, was said something like, oh, I can't believe they're eating McDonald's. That's the worst food in the world. That's disgusting. That's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And, and she thought, you know what? I have to give these kids a McDonald's experience because it is polarizing their worldview so dramatically that is not real that I actually have to show them that McDonald's is not like, you know, the hell on earth, the, the black death, as you just said, the, the worst thing ever because all that was doing was creating an extremism um, that wasn't going to be healthy as those children became Adults, and I thought that's that is like amazing that it was being shared. But you should have seen some of the parents in the room. They were like, "I'm going to just uh, put a bit of mayonnaise on this," but they were having convulsions at the idea of taking their children <laughs> to McDonald's to actually just broaden their view and actually realize that they don't die when they walk in there, or that you know mm. when they have the hot chips that they're just hot chips. And I thought that's mm. really quite. I, was, I thought it was really quite courageous of, of this speaker to go there because mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of respect because you just really started hitting people between the eyes and you raise it and, you know, even I asked the question like how do you feel about doing a talk at the front of McDonald's but as you so eloquently said, no one's going to die. It's not It's, it's not mm. having McDonald's is going to kill you. It's, it's, as you've also said many times before, it's dosage, dosage and, and frequency. Mm. Absolutely. Well, you're right. It's the dose-dependent thing, isn't it? It's much the same as the article that I read about, you know, why aspartame is safe. You know, it's that. It's a dose-dependent dose thing. But there's a number of alarming things that come from the consumption of, of those foods, right? So you go, well, do I want to do that to my body or could I, you know, make a better decision? And then ultimately the question then is why? You know, why, why do I want to eat better or why do I want to get fitter? Or why do I want to cut out sugar or, you know, why do I want to live a long time? all that sort of stuff you know what i mean absolutely and i thought i wonder whether we've become as a as an industry so addicted to one side that we've lost that ability to not go crazy when we see the other side because that seems to be a lot of people's upset is how do they actually um embrace both sides without having a conniption every time McDonald's ad comes on or Unilever does something or KFC does this or Monsanto does that. Like, it's got or people- Or Telstra brings out 5G. Telstra brings out 5G. Like, it's it's gone. And I yeah. and, and at the same time, I am not- uh, I'm not- and I don't think- and I'd say- speak for both of us. Like, we're not laying judgment on anyone that that uh, has opposing views. I think the, the whole no, key no, is and this like- is, this is- yeah. yeah, I think it's a tolerance. Like it's, yeah. it's a tolerance. It's a care for people's opinion and concern and all that sort of stuff. And if it's founded, you know, if it's relevant, um, then maybe some change will take place. But what's really interesting is that it's, it's really easy to believe that um, there's a big brother out there because I do believe, I think I do believe that there is a big brother that kind of watches and, and governs a lot of the behaviors and things that we say and do. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to subscribe to all conspiracy theories. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, everything riles me. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if I don't, 
you know, choose to toe the party line with all of our wellness policies that I'm a heretic. I, I think, you know, we're as bad as the others, if that makes sense. If I put us in the bunch of wellness people, and then uh, there's other people that are definitely not wellness people. They're at the other end of the spectrum. Um, and then there's a group of people that would consider themselves healthy um, and certainly not wellness people. Do you know what I mean? Like there's healthy well, people who just yes. give to about about wellness. I had a um, you go unhealthy. There's unhealthy and unfit people who consider themselves wellness people. <laughs> and then there's the whole group of people that are um, unhealthy and they're certainly not wellness people. So. But there's no kind of confluence. There's no kind of um, kind of combination of thoughts and um, ideas or respect for another person's philosophy or choice to live in a particular way. And, and we, you and I have spoken about this in the past, where there's been, um, you know, right or wrong, good or bad, black or white, you know, evil or saintly, etc., etc. Love and hate. Uh, love. And- Win and lose. There's no Melbourne and Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> there's no um, there's no colours in, in, because we're just so staunch. There's no music. There's no. It's just the beat of a drum, um, et cetera, et cetera. You and know I, what I mean? Yeah. The reason why we 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 talk about this, listeners, is that the the people that we interview don't live in an extremely polarised. World, I think the reason why I wanted to bring this up with you, Damo, when you spoke, mentioned McDonald's, is that I still, you know, I still remember, and I talk about it all the time. Like Johanna and Yanni are having hot chips at the Panagetti. <laughs> like they're eating the bread. Like they're having the like they're, they're not um, holding back. And look, I put my hand up. Like our kids haven't been to McDonald's. Uh, May is nine. Darby six and Tommy's three. But I'm actually looking forward to the time when we feel is right to go. Kids, we're going to McDonald's. Let's go and embrace it and have fun and, and have and have hot chips. I'm not going to get them Coca-Cola. Like, they can get the Coke anywhere. It's the things that they can't get anywhere else. Um, I'm not even going to give them a burger. That's not what it's for. It's actually to actually order something off the menu that's not a salad just to realize. And I think they're maybe slowly realizing since they've now had a buffet breakfast here and there and they've had a bowl of Cocoa Pops to actually realize that it's actually not It's actually not the most like either crazy amazing or crazy disastrous thing ever. And I think as we grow up, as we grow up like we, we don't want to be living in this extreme fear of certain polarities all the time. That's just, that's frightful. It is. It is. And it's uncomfortable. It's unfriendly. It's uh, it's it's uncommunity like. It's you know. It's non-supportive. It's it, it's well, everything that humans would aspire to not be. I'll give you an extreme it's, example. It's all, it's all wrapped up in judgment. And I, can I share with you an extreme example of this? Sure. I was chatting to a GP yesterday um, in a town that was recently. Um, uh, recently across national media, anyway, I just I was, I was talking to a yes. GP yesterday yes. in Mullumbimby. In Mullumbimby. Uh, Mullumbimby. Yes. Mullum. Um, and uh, as the locals like to call it, Mullum. Yep. I actually realised that mull, you know, marijuana, mull. I grew up calling marijuana mull, and it's mm. called mull uh, because of Mullumbimby. Mull. Is that Mullumbimby. right? That's right. So anyway. <laughs> Didn't know so that. I was smoking a joint, growing my dreadlocks and walking down the main street, high as a kite, and, and bumped into a GP and we shared a joint yeah. and um, he was actually just telling, we just got talking about just 
health and wellness and philosophies and all the rest of it. But he was sharing a story of um, of a of just a patient that. He, he, he said, oh, he said, when I moved to the area, I didn't know what I called it. So I actually came up with a name, but then I realized it's actually something that happens everywhere. And he said, it's pharmacophobia. He said, I had a patient come in that had a tumor the size of a basketball, um, essentially an ovarian, uh, tumor. Like you would have thought she was pregnant and she had just been so scared of seeing a doctor. For because of her own views for, he said, 20 years, but however long, that it was just using the example that patholo- so many people are living with major pathologies that their extreme views are holding them back from actually making any progress. He said, and it's just sad. It's just downright sad. And I was, I was gobsmacked. Totally. I thought, oh, yeah, I can, I can get the people, you know, let things go for various reasons for a, a, a small period of time. But he said literally 15 years. Like he said, look, I'm sorry, but if you had come to me 15 years ago, we probably could have helped. <laughs> but that's kind of, I feel, where a lot of people are, not just in a medical space, but just in their own views of any area of life, whether it's a relationship. It's like, well, look, you might be able to heal this relationship, but gee whiz, it would have been easier 15 years ago. I'm like, how many examples yeah. are there of that in any in any walk yeah. of life that extreme behaviours, whether it's extreme resistance or extreme dietary choices or extreme financial, like fr- financial frugality is one that I feel is just a joke because it's like, yeah, you could have had more fun in your life if you'd spent a bit more money over the years, but we'll see if we can rectify <laughs> it. But gosh, it would have been easier if you let your hair down just a little bit 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's, it's everywhere. Totally. Yeah, it is everywhere. <laughs> it is everywhere. That's a, that's a great example. That's a great example. Hey, can I share something with you? I'd love it if you did. Yes, please do. It's a little bit off, a little bit off the topic, but I just wanted to talk about a bit of inspiration that I had yeah. today. Yeah. I read, uh, you know, a great mate, Morris Efron. Yeah. Wellness so, breakthrough alumni and yeah. a Vita Lifestyles yeah. Life member. Yeah, absolutely, great mate. Um, we play great. We play golf together. We play great golf time. together. Anyway, <laughs> great golf together. Well, he plays great golf, and I hack away. <laughs> we went and played out at Morris's course a couple of weeks ago to Cranbourne, and he introduced me to a man by the name of George. And George is a ninety-five, maybe ninety-six-year-old man. Um, actually, let's see the math. He was born in nineteen thirty-nine. No, nineteen. When was he born? I'll have to have a look. Anyway, he's 90, 95 or 96 years old. Yep. He plays golf and walks around the golf course three times a week. We've got to interview him. Golf. We've got to interview him. <laughs> I know, right? And he plays squash twice a week. Oh. And he he goes to bowls. And so, anyway, he, he was uh, featured in a book. And this book is – and I've, I've kept this – hang on, I'm just going to go get it. Yeah, okay. This is impromptu. Hang on. No worries. Can you hear me? We, yeah, we love a bit of impromptu on 100 Not Out whilst Damo goes to get his book. About, right? Here we go. I've got it. So, the book is called Courage to Care, Volume 2, um, 22 Further Remarkable Stories of Rescue During World War II. Oh. And, um, and this chapter is dedicated to George, right? And so George Oshlak, um, <laughs> he's a remarkable man. I think he's been a member of the Cranbourne Golf Course since it started, right? Wow. He's unbelievable. Um, he was born in 1926. How old does that make him? 93. Uh, yes, 26, 19, 19, 20. Yep, 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 yep. 
Okay, there you go. So I had three years of mustard, but he's 93, still playing golf, et cetera, et cetera. I was reading this uh, story of what he's been up to. Anyway, in the 1930s, so 1939, when the war started, September the 1st, 1939, um, he tells the story of him avoiding capture, or actually being captured by the Germans. Where was he? Where did he live? Escaping. Uh, He lived... they're funny names, like really difficult names to actually but so say. He, yeah, so but he might Germany. have been in Poland in Germany. or Germany or... So, he was Jewish. Jewish. So, he was Jewish, but his dad decided that they were going to be Buddhist. And so, he grew up as a Buddhist, um, but in a Jewish kind of community. Wow. Fascinating. So, he had like combinations of two very um, different religions. Yes. Now, these days, that could hardly happen because you're either a Jew or a Buddhist, right? You're not going to <laughs> That's not going to happen, is it? And so oh, he then spoke about actually being, um, you know, hit by his grandfather, spanked on the bum, but or you know, but respected his grandfather because you know that's that was fine, and he was just punishing me and teaching me that I shouldn't do those sorts of things. So all the things that maybe we've let go in terms of the way in which we might have raised our children in the past. Not that I'm saying we're telling me I need to smack my kids when they get home. <laughs> I'm not, but this is what. So he tells his story, but some of the stories were things like um, he, they were forced into a train, into a carriage of a train with two thousand other Jews. Two thousand, he said. Cattle trucks, yeah. Cattle truck, right? They all had to stand up. None of them could sit down. Women, children. They men, had a bucket. Old, yeah. Elderly people. No bucket. No bucket. No, no bucket. They were on this train for a day and a half. Oh. They all had to stand, right? So people were falling asleep, falling on top of each other. He said that by the time the train had almost reached its destination, there was only about 40 people still alive, right? And the way in which he and his cousin stayed alive was by licking the condensation from the walls of the train so they could stay hydrated. And then the the Germans had stood on top of the carriage with machine guns so that if anyone tried to jump out of the train, that they'd be shot dead immediately with machine guns, right? So anyway, they decided that they were going to have to jump and they were going to have to get out. So they pulled off the, the cages, you know, the, the window cages, and then snuck out and hugged tightly to the train. And as it went around the corner, they jumped off and landed in the snow. And, uh, of course, they were knocked out. And then when they woke up, um, you know, they just ate, you know, ate snow. And then they went into the woods and they kind of hid in the woods. And we're talking about, you know, 1926 to 1939, 1942, say 16 years yeah, old, young, 15, 16 young. years old. Super young, right? And then learning to have to, you know, train to kill people and having to kill people to, you know, stay alive and um, Polish people kidnapping some of his friends and beheading them and chopping their tongues off and all oh. this sort of stuff. And like this, these stories are like, this is the stuff that these people went through. And they're living in our community today. Yep. And they've still got smiles on their faces. And we're whinging and, they- and moaning about potholes in the road. Can do you hear me? And and so we're talking about polar extremes, like in terms of the extremes that he was experiencing, it was extremes of temperature, extremes of safety, extremes of starvation, and, uh, and or humanity hunger, and inhumanity. And humanity, exactly. Like ex- experiencing those extremes, and then we get all upset because someone has a different viewpoint around eating McDonald's. Yes. Or we get upset about somebody having a different viewpoint about somebody consuming Coca-Cola. Now, whilst I'm a healthcare practitioner, and my advice to people is that they eat the healthiest food possible. Um, if there's, 
if there's a little bit of something in the food that's not kind of ideal, does it really warrant <laughs> huge, huge um, fear-mongering and scare campaigning? Does it really warrant that? You know, when we consider what some of these people have gone through. I think or the title- how we could actually yeah. exist in humanity. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. These, guys, these people, this man, this man, George, is playing golf three times a week. He plays squash twice a week. He does lawn bowls. He sees a psychologist, psychotherapist to help him deal with his demons because he's got demons, obviously, from all of that post-traumatic stress disorder that he would have as a result of that. He married only one woman, had two children, and um, and he lived a life here in Melbourne. He retired at 40-something. He hasn't been working for 50-something years, and uh, and and now he, he plays sport. Unbelievable. Wow. So I asked so him to come on the podcast, PC. And what did he say? But he didn't. He doesn't want to come on the podcast. Oh, it happens a bit. Can't hold it against. Can't hold it against anyone that that declines uh, when their years are getting on. Some people just are happy not to talk about their life experiences, and that's completely fair. Isn't enough. it right? You know, hearing I'm gonna, you I'm tell his send story you, I'm gonna was send amazing. You, I'm going I'm to send you this so you can read it because oh. it'll bring tears to your eyes. All right, and I'll probably hunt but down gonna... the other twenty-one stories on there and see if we can get some of them on. Well, I've got a copy of the books coming, yeah. so I'll share that. Too oh, that is come. fabulous. Oh, what an episode of How about 100 that, everybody? Out. How about that, everyone? Oh, mm. You just come up with some Inspiring. gold, Demo. You, you are an inspiration. That is fabulous. Thanks for sharing <laughs> that. Thanks for playing golf with Morris and bumming into George and sharing George's story. None of us have anything to whinge, moan, or complain about um, yeah, yeah. when we keep people like George at the forefront of our mind. Every problem that we have is a blessing. Because uh, yeah. we're alive. Courage um, to care. Courage to care. Courage to care. That's the name. That is. That's it. the name of the book. So you can, you know, obviously, everyone check it out. Give your perspective. Share with your friends and family as much as you should be sharing. Hundred Not Out podcast. Share those sorts of, you know, little pearls too. Absolutely. And the big pearl is our trip to Ikaria coming up September this Ooh. year. Depending on when you listen to this podcast, registrations may be closed. To find out more, we're there September 4 to 13, 10 days on the island where people forget to die. It is our 100 Not Out longevity experience. Head on over to 100notout.com. Legend, thank you for this episode, 300 and, oh, we're approaching 330 episodes of 100 Not Out. Can you believe that? Mm. And I haven't told you this. Ah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to out this right now. Um, yeah. In the background, again, uh, without any of your permission because I wanted to tell you when it was all ready to go, um, we are going to have a separate podcast called The Best of 100 Not Out. And every time we might start off with, say, 50 of our favorite episodes in there from the 330 that we've done. And every time we do an absolutely ripping interview, we can give each other permission to go put it in the vault and we put it in the best of because on iTunes now they cut you off yeah. after 300. So people That's can't right. listen to Tommy Hafey or to Wally Bortz or any of the first 20-odd episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. are discriminating Gosh, against ever. longevity. It is ageist, <laughs> as ageist as they come at Apple. So, so Apple. <laughs> yeah, listen yeah. up, Apple. So I thought, Damo, let's get the best episodes of 100 Not Out that, and you and I are the judges. Maybe our listeners can tell us mm-hmm. what they think are the best as well. But we will put yeah. in there... The best of 100 Not Out. And so when new listeners come along and they get overwhelmed at the 300-odd episodes there are to listen to on the back catalogue, 
they can also go to the best of and get what you and I think are the cream of the crop. And apologies to anyone that's been interviewed that doesn't make it onto the best of. It's no uh, slight on um, on you at all. It's just that we can only limit ourselves to 300 best ofs and um, we need to keep it going for a while. <laughs> so... Tell me how it's going to work. So we're going to we're going to replay these episodes. No, well, I've, I've told Joseph. I've told Joseph to go yeah. and copy, like you know, Tommy Hafey and Wally Bortz and you know Selena Biniaz and Eddie JQ and 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 then paste them over onto a new podcast called The Best of One Hundred Not Out. And I see. Okay, so it's a whole new podcast. It's literally without wanting to turn us into celebrities. You've recorded ten albums, and and there's thirty yep. albums on each, uh, and thirty songs on each album. Like, that's us, right? 300 songs. But you don't yep. want to go listening to all 10 CDs to try and find the best of. So, you just create one CD with yes. 30 of the best tracks and like that's what that's what we'll do so people can get the best of. And every time we do a really good one, you can say, MP, put that in the best of and we'll just put it in the vault. send Joseph a little message. It's in the vault. Like it. They can all never right. take it away from us. They can't discriminate yeah. us any longer. <laughs> you ages. <laughs> Apple. We've had enough of that discrimination. Um, Think of it. Yes. Think of it. Oh, dear. All right. Thanks for your uh, love, Damo, as always, your inspiration. Thanks for your love so to our loyal listeners. You are just the yeah. best, and we love you. Whatever country you're in, wherever you're listening to us from, whether you're walking or taking the kids to school or doing the ironing or the gardening, uh, yeah. we love you for your support of the podcast. Until next time, folks, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.